Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you are looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and today I'm going to talk about like playing your part. We all have different roles. Sometimes they're big roles, sometimes they're little roles. Hey guys, so I'm going to talk about playing your part on a team or a group or whatever. And this comes out of, uh, I've been watching a lot of the Women's World Cup and I just watched a quick clip on uh, Instagram. And the other day, uh, if you do watch the World Cup and the Women's World Cup, which is going on now, Carly Lloyd, a former player from the U.S. national team, commented that maybe Alex Morgan should sit and someone else should go under a place. And Alex Morgan is... I mean, the Derek Jeter of the team, the, the Babe Ruth of the team, that 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 main person, the, the star, the name, the face, the captain. Um, and there's times when we need to make a change and we need to take a step back. I mean, there's you see it in, usually you'll see it in, in baseball where you have a, a starter who starts a majority of their career and then towards the tail end of their career, they might come off the bench. Um, some people can't handle that, and once they're not a starter anymore, they retire. Uh, I don't want to use the word quit because when you are a pro athlete and you've gone 10, 15, nearly 20 years, it is retiring. Um, but in some cases, uh, the mental game of, oh, my God, I'm not good enough, let me step back. Um, I know I have one of my former athletes that I talk to, and he'll comment on how he knows he wasn't that good. Well, from a coaching standpoint, and I have a picture of that team on my wall next to my desk. That that was my team. If I take the 15 years that I coached, that group of seniors, uh, they, they were juniors when we won our league, um, he had a role, and he played his role exactly how the team needed it. And, and that team was stacked. I mean, our bench could have started for teams nowadays. Um, so there's times when we play a certain role in something, and then there's times when our roles might change. Um, I had a quote on my toolbox on how, I mean, treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO. Um, I would talk with the the owner of the company, and you have, I mean, the whole process. I mean, when I was in the shop, we we made screws, so you'd have, I mean, obviously we'd go to the first step of shipping, bringing in the raw material, but you'd have it would go to one step where the part would get headed, a screw blank with no slot on it and no threads on it and then it would come to me and I have to cut the slot in it and then it'd go to someone else and they had the roll of threads in it and then it'd go to somewhere else where they had to box it up, ship it, send it out to be plated or heat treated, it'd come back and there were all these steps. But in between those steps was a parts washing step where the part needed to be washed between each step. And that was the the entry level position. That's actually where I started. I started in the shop Seven bucks an hour washing parts. I mean, picture a, a, a cement mixer, a small cement mixer. You throw a pan of screws in there. You throw a scoop of powdered soap, some water. You swish it around. You rinse them off and spin them out and dry them and send them on their way. It was a pretty much brainless job, a simple job. I can train you how to do it in five minutes, and you will be successful as can be doing that job. But if that person wasn't in that day, the entire production of the plant would shut down. Now, obviously, other guys in the building would cover and, and we'd wash the parts. But the point is, if that 
the lowest man on the totem pole, the entry position, the lowest paid guy in the plant, the brainless job, the simple job, the one that you didn't need really any knowledge, if they were not there, the entire production shuts down. And you take your $80,000 car and you take your $4 spark plug out, the car's not going to run. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that feel that if they take that small role or they take that backup role or they take that assistant role or they step backwards uh, on what would be considered that ladder, you take you, you go a rung lower, that it's, it's not worth it, that your, your pride or your ego, um, I mean, let's not take I mean, paycheck and all that stuff into play, um, but even in some cases, and I can go to a case with that, um, a situation my father went into, um, where even sometimes taking a paycheck in the long run works out better for you if you take that pay cut. Um, but we all have those roles to play. I mean, I know when Dylan, my younger son, went into one of his grades in uh, in elementary school, I can't remember what teacher it was, but they wanted us to write just a little paragraph just describing our, our child to the teacher. So they had a general idea on what this kid was like, so they're not going in blind. And we told them, Dylan is going to help you. He's the most helpful, thoughtful kid out there. But keep an eye on him because if you ask him to wipe up that spill on the floor, if you're not watching him closely, he's going to strip and rewax the entire floor because he always likes to do the big job. I mean, sometimes the help you need is hold this cup of screws, but he wants the hammer. He wants the saw. He wants the big job, not just the little job. And sometimes that little job is the most important job, the most helpful job, the what is needed to to get you over the hump, to get the job done. And I talk with my father when I go up to the to his place and we have the gym out in the barn. And I tell him I'm, I'm going to go do my bench press and Dylan's coming to spot me. Now Dylan weighs 100 pounds less than me. And he's like, well, how much do you bench? I said, well, I'll, I'll do up to 225 there and um, just throwing a number which I, I can lift 225 obviously my son can't lift 225 we actually actually did our one rep max today and I believe his was at 115 um, but if I'm doing my 225 and I can't lift 230 I'm going to try to lift 230 and I can only lift 225 he doesn't need to lift 225 he only needs to be able to lift five pounds that difference. So that small role of lifting five pounds kept me from getting hurt, kept me from dropping the weight, kept me from from failing to the point of an injury. And and that's the thing. Sometimes we got to realize that there's roles that we play that it's okay to just be that team player, that you don't always need to be the leader, that you always don't need to be the one that chimes in for everything. Sometimes to just sit back figure out what your role is, and go and do it. And I'm, I'd am i say I'm much more of a soccer player, and I, I mean this from just the knowledge of the game now than I was when I played. And I graduated in 94, 1993 was my senior year. I mean, soccer back then, I can still say, was still the quote-unquote foreign sport in the United States. Um, the World Cup came to us in 1994, and that's what sparked the excitement um, as big as it is about soccer, I was an athlete. I could run. I was tough. I could kick. I didn't have great touch on the ball, but I did my role well. I, I did it 
well from more of a utilitarian standpoint where, again, I'd, I'd run through the ball, I'd run through the guy attacking the ball. I got my job done. Was I the best player on the team? Not by a long shot. I mean, was I a starter? Yeah, I was. Um, I only came off the field a few times my senior year. Um, but I did what the team needed. It wasn't fancy. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Uh, I had a situation, <clears throat> the hardest team, the hardest positions to replace from coaching soccer and baseball are your keeper, your goalie, and your catcher. So we had a four-year starting catcher on the baseball team. Uh, he came out to play junior and senior year. He and his twin brother. Um, his twin brother literally played every position on the field, on the baseball field. So they both played junior year, came off the bench, played a couple minutes, both outstanding athletes, not soccer players at all. We go into their senior year, which was the year we won the league, so that core were juniors. I asked Mike, the catcher, I'm like, listen, I need you to play goal. Can you do it? And goal is kind of one of those no, no brain, no pain type of positions. Mike was the catcher. Obviously, you got to be tough to play catcher. He was I mean, tough as an ox and athletic, fast, quick, everything about him. So I get in there. I work with them for the first couple weeks before the season starts, and it's basically, Mike, do whatever you need to do to keep the, the ball out of the net. I didn't have the technique, didn't know the position well, but because he was an athlete, he was a big part of why we, why we won the league. And again, he just did what he needed to do to, to help the team win. And when you get stuff like that, you're going to have people that when you just play your role and you don't try to do too much, you're going to get people that recognize your importance, which is extremely important. Um, and going into the playoffs that year, we went to Prince Tech out in Hartford. Um, we ended up going to penalty kicks, so we called Mike and the three captains over, and we're like, listen, Mike's never done this before. He's never had a penalty kick shoot-off. Um, Addison, one of our captains, has had some keeper experience. He was our, our center back, our, our key person on defense and we said what do you want to do do you want to keep Mike in goal or Addison do you want to go in goal because you have experience and all the captains said no he got us here we're winning or losing with him and sure enough we went on to win that penalty shootout and then went to the final and ended up winning that two to one so there's times when again you you get recognized for the work you do and just playing your part um even if you do things less, um, so let's go from a skill set thing. If I have someone, um, for those of you that play video games and like FIFA, where you have a, a skill rating and, and you're a you're a 100% person and someone else is an 80% person. Well, if that 100% person is giving me 75%, I'm going to have 75% on the field. Where if that 100% person is given or that 80% person is giving me 100%, I'm going to have an 80 quality on the field. So that 100% of 80 means more to me than the 75% of 100. So again, if you're that weaker person, but you're just doing your job and you're doing your role, it's going to have tremendous impact on the overall success of the team. And that makes such a difference when you recognize your role, do what you need to do, and I mean, do it well. I mean, I can go back to drum corps. When I was in drum corps, my drum quartet had a, a fairly difficult drum quartet. We had some back sticking in it, some crossovers, some 
some more difficult phrasing and patterns and rudiments in there. There was another drum corps that played. Their quartet was definitely an easier version of something of, of music. It was, I mean, no fancy stuff, no visuals, no crossovers, no backsticking, um, a much easier piece to play. Well, same type of thing. If we have a difficulty of 100 or difficulty of 10 and they have a difficulty of eight, but we make three mistakes and they make no mistakes, well, they ended up winning because they played their easier part nice and clean where we made the mistakes. And sometimes that's the thing. Going out and just doing your part, playing your part and accepting that sometimes we need to take the step back and going back to that very beginning of, I mean, should Alex Morgan sit and come off the bench? Well, I mean, Megan Rapinoe sitting on the bench again, and one of the top goal scorers ever on the national team, and one of the powerhouses, one of the people you're expecting to to win it for us, and she's on the bench, and will she get much playing time? We don't know, but in that key moment, she's there. And now there's other aspects to it where uh, I think here's a here's a situation where I think the U.S. women's team did it right, having Megan Rapino there where, okay, she's not good enough to start, she can't give us 90 minutes, let's keep her on the bench because we want her there for her leadership. I mean, we may never go to our 24th man or however big the rosters are now, so she might never get on where let's go back a few years in the Men's World Cup where Jurgen Klinsmann did not take Landon Donovan, and then on top of it, our forward got hurt where if Landon Donovan was there, he would have been the, the simple one-to-one plug-in to play that position. Instead of taking him purely for that leadership, for that mentorship aspect of it, now they didn't have it. And there's times when you do that. I mean, Don Manley, I mean, one of the most beloved Yankees. I mean, that was my generation's Derek Jeter growing up with him. I mean, my father watched Mickey Mantle. I watched Manley. My kids saw the tail end of Derek Jeter. I mean, Maddenly is now uh, a bench coach in Toronto. He decided, you know what, uh, he was a batting coach, then a bench coach, and then a manager, and you know what, I'm going to take a step back and take a role. Um, there's other people that like to be that role player, that don't want to be the superstar, the one with all the attention. Um, and again, in anything, not just in sports. Uh, we had a friend of mine that worked in a machine shop, a, a friend of mine's father, family friend, and eventually he worked his way up the ladder, got that desk job again, I mean, more prestigious position, a higher I mean, ranking, so to speak, position, probably higher pay. And he goes, you know what? This isn't me. I want to get back out there and get my hands dirty and work on the machines. I mean, so there's some times where you you will enjoy that role and, and like the role of just being the setup man. I mean, I use that example with the kids I would coach um, on the soccer team all the time. Would you rather score a goal or have two assists? And most people go, oh, score a goal, score a goal. All right, well, we lost the game and two to one. If you had said two assists, well, then we our team would have been guaranteed two goals, and now we tie the game two to two. And so sometimes just being that setup man, the one that assists on all the goals, and that's just as big of a role as the guy that scores the goals and then we can go into the one uh, let's go defense and yes there are stats for defenders and stuff like that but you it's that unsung hero that you don't unless you're the the keeper the goalie that makes the the save you don't have stats for defense you don't get the credit 
for preventing the goals, again, unless you're that goalie. Um, so that's the thing. Again, being that role player, it's okay to not be that top-tier person at all times. It's okay that later in life you you take a step back and you do less. Um, and then even in, in different situations, you might go on, you might be playing softball on two teams and on one team, you are the starting shortstop, and on the other team, you're a backup outfielder. And I, I look at that when one year um, I shot my compound bow in a league um, in one of my clubs in Bristol Fishing Game, which is more of a, a trap and skeet club, your, your typical sportsman's club. All the archers there, or majority of the archers there, are hunters, not necessarily target shooters. And I was the top shooter there. There was only myself and I think one other guy that actually had a target bow, a target setup. We were shooting against people that had hunting setups. And again, not that there are any archers out there. I understand that bow hunter setup. Hunters, you can shoot just as well. My point being, these guys were not seasoned target shooters. So I won the league and... Yeah, it was great. I'd only been shooting a couple years. I'm the top shooter. Proud of myself. But I also understood that I'm shooting against people that don't work at target shooting. Where I know if I go to my scores on the other side, to my other club, where it is predominantly target shooters, I'm going to be middle of the pack. Um, Now I might hold my own. I mean, I have this past year, I did win uh, a state championship with the compound. and, And again, we're seven years removed from that that year I shot with the league but there's situations where you're gonna be the premier person somewhere or a role player somewhere or again later in life it's time to take that step back and be the role player it's okay to take a smaller role it's okay to not always be the big dog um and there is a, the mental aspect of that, and that's that's sometimes the toughest thing when we are that good. Um, I mean, I know someone that we shoot with all the time, and he won't go to tournaments unless he feels, oh, I'm not at the level I'm supposed to be. Now, first off, we're not Olympians, so it's not like, oh, geez, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to do the Olympic trials. We're talking going shooting in a local tournament. Go and have fun. Do your thing. You're not always going to be the best, and... I mean, again, as we go, we slow down in every aspect where, I mean, our eyesight, if it's a case of shooting, is going to get down. Our strength as we get older is going to reduce so we can't shoot as much weight. Or if you're in the gym, you're not going to lift as much as you get older. I mean, I I see videos that I I follow Arnold on, on Instagram and stuff, and there's videos and they show him working out. He's not doing what he did when he was, I mean, Mr. Olympian and Mr. Universe and I mean, the whole Arnold Classic thing. I mean, when, when he won all those, he was at the premiere of the sport, and he's not there now. He doesn't stop doing it, and he knows that he can't do that. When I run, I won my age, my the, having the stent put in a couple of years ago. I know I'm not going to run the six-and-a-half-minute mile pace that I, that I was at my peak of running, and I need to accept that. I mean, I did go out and do my one rep max, and this is probably the first time in, in a good year, if not a year and a half, I mean, or probably even two years since before the stent, that I really pushed a one rep max to see where where I got. And I, I broke 300 pounds, or I, I hit 300 on a deadlift, which I, which I don't think I ever did, and I, know, and I don't really push it. 
Um, I, def I did more on the squat that I've done in two years, and, and my bench is up there. And again, there's times when I have to take a step back and I have to accept that I'm not going to do the big numbers that I might have done years ago. And it's okay to step back, take that role player position, or in different situations, it's okay to just be the role player, just play your part, and the team is going to be successful. And, and again, going back to that, that production line of the shop, and the most simple job in the plant, the entry-level position, the one that back when I did it 25 years ago or 26 or 7 years ago at this point paid $7 an hour. If that job wasn't done, the entire production of the factory shut down. And that's how important it was, even when you're the little guy out there. So remember that. We all play a role. We're all just as important as the next guy so don't ever think because you're not the one standing on top of the podium. You're not the one making the big paycheck. You're not the one that gets all the credit. Your job is just as important as the next guy. And it's okay to be the role player on any team you're on, whether that's sports, whether that's business, within your family, organizations you're in. It's okay to be the role player. And remember, you're, you're important to that overall success of the team. Hope you guys enjoyed this one, and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset, and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.